Having a hunger for God is one of the greatest signs of life a person can have. The Bible says in the book of Revelations, chapter 2, verse 4, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have lost your first love. The Bible also says in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 12, And because longlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. During these times, many people are losing this hunger for God. And it's the fruit of being dead inside. Yes, we can keep working with our functions, as in serving, teaching, preaching, reading the Word of God, evangelizing, praising God, coming to church, coming to these Bible studies. But if we have lost this hunger, this love, it's all for nothing. That is why God says that the only thing He has against us is that we have lost our first love. Yes, we can still be doing the functions, but without love, it's worthless. You can be the wisest person in the world, but without love, it's pointless. How do we lose this hunger for Christ? How do we even notice we lost this hunger for Christ, this love for God? Look at your actions. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 16, You shall know them by their fruits. Look at your fruits. Have you been producing, showing fruits that signify and show that you love God? That you hunger for God? Is it enjoyable to be in His presence? Or do you find yourself looking at the time? At my church, I have seen and been a part of a crying out to the heavens, crying out to God for Him to invade us with His glory and His presence, for His Holy Spirit to be poured out upon us. And He does answer our prayers. He does come. But we don't even notice Him standing in front of us. Yes, everyone knows and understands that God is with us, speaking of intellectual awareness. But very few understand or know or have even had a true interaction and experience with God, an encounter with God. We must press past intellectual awareness to hunger for heartfelt encounters that change and transform. We all hunger for something or someone who can make us complete. This hunger to know God, to hear His voice, to see Him face to face, His evidence that there is more to life. It is nearly impossible to hunger for someone and something that does not exist. I can crave coffee only because I know that coffee exists. We can crave this encounter with God because we know that it exists. Jesus gave us a promise of being able to see Him again, not only in heaven but here on earth as well. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 14, 21, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is He who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him 
and manifest myself to him. Here, Jesus is saying, if you say that you love me, do what I have asked of you to do by being obedient to his word. The Bible says in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 17, Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Here we know that faith and action go together. They are one. I cannot have faith if I don't have action to my faith. My faith is that I love God, and my action to my faith is keeping His commandments. So we can crave and hunger for God to see Him face to face because we know this experience, this encounter exists. God reveals Himself to those who love Him. God doesn't look at the appearance of the people, but instead looks at the heart. It was from that perspective that David was chosen over his brothers who were all better suited for greatness in the natural. Yet David's heart of passion for God attracted God to David. God is drawn strongly to those whose hearts have been refined in their pursuit of Him. David's passion for God was first seen on the backside of a mountain while tending his father's sheep in the quiet place of our day when no one is looking. The true desires of our hearts can be seen. He worshipped God with his instruments. He did this type of worship when it wasn't the normal. God only asked for a blood sacrifice as a basic worship. But David expressed his worship by instrument thanksgiving praises that were from the heart. David discovered that this was important to God as he pursued God. It's not just about doing it, but truly doing it from the heart. Going above and beyond, he did more because he had the love, the passion to do more. David's passion was in worshiping God. He took that same passion when taking care of his father's sheep. Those sheep weren't David's, but he had the same passion for Christ while taking care of someone else's sheep. When a lion and a bear attacked his father's sheep, he put his own life at risk to save them. Remember, he did this when no one was looking. It was not done so others would recognize him as a brave young man. It came out of his identity with God. He didn't think twice about risking his life or about being passionate and taking care of his father's sheep. It just happened because that's who he is. He knew who he is with God and it automatically came out of him because it was an internal reality. That's who he is. He did all of this in private because that's who he is. That's who he was transformed to be. This set him up for the moment God allowed him to kill Goliath when everyone was looking. A private victory leads to a public victory and a corporate blessing because God turns his face of favor to those who will demonstrate character when no one is looking. 
I have to take care of the people, their ministry, the church. Yes, we are not the pastors of the church. Yes, we are not the leaders of the ministries. But just like David, we have this passion for God. And we apply this passion wherever we're at. Because that's who we are. And who we have been transformed to be. It is evidence that we have encountered God. In doing so, we receive this favor from God and His blessings. But we don't do it for that. We do it because that's who we are. We get to this point by allowing God to transform us into a new person, just like the Bible says in Romans 12:2. By having a heart for God, do everything with the passion of Christ. By me allowing God to move, to flow, His blessings come, His Holy Spirit comes, His kingdom comes, His favor comes, heaven on earth is here because I allow Him to move. Leaders who lack passion cost everyone who follows because I don't have passion. In my youth ministry, all the youth suffer. I'm expecting other people to cause a change, but I have to be that change. It's not anyone's responsibility but my own, because I'm the leader. My passion for Christ should be in that ministry. If I don't act now, no one will do it for me. God chose me because He saw my heart and passion. That's why I'm still here, but I'm only surviving. Now it's time to make that gear shift and to grow. Leaders who have passion, bless everyone who follows. Yes, wherever you are, wherever you might be, father, mother, leader of anything, God place you there for a reason and a purpose. He sees your heart just like he saw David's. Everyone else is better suited for greatness than you. Oh, but God chose you. He chose you despite whatever was around and despite whatever you have done. Yes, we are sinners, but through Christ we are saved. Because of Him, because of His love, we have been washed clean. Because of Him, we have this opportunity to stand here. Because of Him, we have the privilege and the honor to serve Him, to live for Him, to live and to show the world that God is still moving and that He loves you. We are the vessels that God has placed here to show the extreme kingdom culture. But most of all, to show His love. David's great love for God led him to discover the truth that came with God. This truth that God will be found by those who seek Him. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter 37, verse 7, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. The word wait has two meanings. Number one, to be still. And number two, to take a leisure walk. Think about God and Adam walking in the Garden of Eden together in the cool of day. This illustrates that true rest is found in a right relationship with God. There's a difference between working for God and working with God. People are working to get God's attention. 
People think that by their good deeds they will receive the blessing of God, that their sins will be forgiven. That's not the divine order. That is not the correct way of receiving salvation. Many people don't want to come to Christ because they are filthy. And they say, let me clean up. Let me get rid of my addictions. Let me get my life together. And then I'll come to you, O oh God. But that's not what God is asking. Jesus Christ says, come to me as you are. I love you as you are. I love how your heart is because it hungers for me. It doesn't matter what you've done, what you haven't done. What matters is that if you will allow God to move in you, to wash you clean. He forgives multitudes of sin, of your mistakes and wrong decisions, of bad decisions. But God loves you no matter what. He's calling you home. This divine order is you first come to Christ as you are. He then cleans you and washes you clean. And as you're washed clean, oh, you receive the blessings of God. You receive this new life. You receive this Father that loves you. For the ones that have not experienced true love, oh, come to Christ and you will experience love like you have never seen or imagined before. Don't be afraid because He wants you as you are. Don't be afraid of letting go. Just let go and embrace Him. I was afraid of letting go. But now I am scared of letting go of Him. Oh, He is my love, my passion, my joy, my revival, and my fire. David understood this truth that's found in the Bible in Psalms 37, 7 which says to walk with God. Many people work for God's attention and favor instead of learning to work with God, with His favor, with His blessings. People work to be clean before they come to Jesus. They work to receive the favor to be with God, but they become clean by coming to Jesus and they receive this favor by being with God. That is the divine order that David discovered. That God is inviting us to be with him. One of the problems that we have in our study of scripture is that we tend to interpret things through our own experience and culture. Repeat after me. One of the problems that I have in my study of scripture is that I, I tend to interpret things through my own experience and my own culture. Waiting, waiting, waiting patiently for God is a great example. For many people, this statement brings a passive image to mind. Many have found this a way to blame God for their spiritual laziness. Oh, we're just waiting on God. And they've done so for years, wasting valuable time, hoping that God will invade their life. However, Waiting on God is not passive. It's not a lean back in the recliner attitude that says, when God wants to touch me, he knows my address. This attitude mindset comes from our earthly experience on our earthly culture. 
This kind of waiting on, waiting on God attitude is not the one we see in the scriptures. It is not the one we see in the living word of God. The Hebrew word patiently is in the Bible 53 times. Four times defined as in waiting patiently to wait, waiting or waited. 49 times defined as in withering in pain, as in childbirth, or withering in the air, as in dance. God is not a passive God. Childbirth and dance, these characteristics give us the much needed insight on how to wait on God. How to practice waiting on God. How to practice waiting patiently on God. My culture sees patience as in, I'm just going to put up with this annoyance for another day because I'm patient. Oh, but the extreme kingdom culture of God says this about being patient. If waiting patiently is seen as in, uh, as in actively leaping and whirling about in dance, then the person who is waiting will have to be incredibly focused. Their love for the dance takes them into a discipline that brings out creative excellency. Dancers must be intensely focused on their body, the music, and when they're going to land, at minimum, without that much needed discipline and focus, injuries would be certain. Let me say that one more time. Their love, their passion, for the dance, for God, takes them into a discipline that brings out this creativity and this excellency. Dancers, we have to be intensely focused on the church, the Holy Spirit, and the vision. At minimum, without this much needed discipline and focus, Injuries will be started in our life. The same kind of intensity, all-consuming focus characterizes giving birth to a child in the midst of incredible pain. There's something about both the dance and giving birth that requires this focus to reach an intended end, this goal, this vision. This is waiting patiently for God. It has intense focus, discipline, resolve, and a conviction that nothing else will satisfy. Oh, God is attracted to people who have that kind of intensity and who are not satisfied with inferior things. Inferior meaning low in rank, status, or quality. Let me rephrase this. God is attracted to people who have that kind of intensity that who, who are not satisfied with the foretastes that they receive. Oh, God is attracted to the people who will not be satisfied with the foretastes that they receive from Him. In other words, we want the fullness. But the question is, are you willing to do the works that requires for you to receive the fullness, the works as in actions? Just like the Bible says in the book of James 2.17, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. 
we can hunger for this fullness of God. But if your actions, your fruits don't show this hunger, you will never receive this heavenly encounter. And injuries, death, will be certain in you. There's more. The Bible says in Psalms 37, chapter 37, verse 9, But those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Here the word wait means to lie in wait, as in setting up an ambush. This still carries the discipline of intense focus, but along with an eager pursuit. David understood this point, that there was more to waiting on God. Isaiah saw this and understood as well that there is more to waiting on God. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 17, And I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will even look eagerly for him. If I want to hunt deer, I won't set up an ambush on Wall Street in New York or in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. To set up an ambush with any hopes of success, I must do so in the areas where deer are frequently at. But many do not realize that this is the same true on waiting on God. There are many who need a miracle but they won't go across town to the church with miracles are common. We play a mental game of pride when we refuse to humble ourselves and go lie in wait in the places that God frequently visits. At my church, God frequently visits. God presents himself in the most Amazing and wonderful ways, so spectacular that blow your mind. But many people miss the move of God. They miss the moving of God. They have missed the movement of God. If you want to encounter God, you have to position yourself in an area where God is going to come. An obstacle that people have is that they think this violates God's sovereignty, that this violates His holiness. He is the one who has promised us to be found if we seek Him with our hearts. This is His idea. It is our test to see if we believe Him enough to look eagerly for Him. Oh... God is looking for someone who will get out of his or her routine and set up an ambush. That is the word that God gave me in Argentina and he spoke this to me. Rompe la rutina. Break the routine. Some people get really upset when they see believers traveling all over the world because those believers have heard that God is doing something significant in a particular place. Their reasoning is, God is everywhere. Seek Him where you are, and He will come to you. Others say, you're not supposed to follow the signs, they're supposed to follow you. Ah, but if the signs are not following you, you had better follow them.
until they follow you. Remember, signs point to a greater reality. We are not to follow them for their own sake, but because they lead us to the one who has created them. <laughs> Getting in touch with him is how we become those whom the signs follow. The signs, the wonders, the miracles, they all point to God. Yes, we follow them so we can get positioned and set up an ambush and meet God face to face to have an experience, to have an encounter with Him. Well, many do not realize this. Those who travel anywhere at any cost just because of their hunger for God are doing exactly what David taught about waiting on God. They go to where he is, working and lying in wait, anticipating his every move, looking for the chance to reach out and touch God. The Bible speaks about a woman who had a flow of blood for over 12 years in Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. Oh, this lady, she positioned herself in such a way that she was able to touch the garment of Jesus as she was making, as he was making his way down the street, down this road. It was no easy task. There were large crowds of people pressing in upon him, yet she was the only one who saw the dimension of heaven that he was carrying and touched him in a way that put a demand on the anointing of the Holy Spirit that was resident in him. That's the kind of faith that pleases God and a good example of setting up an ambush on God. Oh, church. Oh, my fellow brothers and sisters, we must position who we must position ourselves in setting up this ambush with God. See where God is frequently moving. Not a church that is filled by the numerous people, but a church that is filled with His Holy Spirit. That is a church that will bring results. We are real people with real problems. And there is a real God with these real solutions. Here at our church in India, California, Power of the Gospel Church and the Church, we allow God to move and to flow as He wants because we have this understanding that it's not about us. It's not. Those five words, it is not about me. Every leader, every minister here, we understand that when God wants to move, we move out of His way. If God wants us to worship Him for the entire service, then we will. We do. If He wants us to sit down and to listen to His voice, to listen to wisdom and to sit in His counsel, then we do. If He wants us to go on our knees and to cry out to Him, we do. And He moves. We see miracles, the paralyzed walk, the blind see, 
the mute speak, the demons flee. That is evidence that God is here, not the number of peoples, but the intensity of his presence. Hunger for God. Hunger for this revival and in this Holy Spirit and let this fire, this all-consuming fire change and transform you so you too can see God face to face.